Oh, I got one thing to say. Thank you. You took all the pressure off of me. <laughs> no matter what I preach about this morning, this will forever be known as the day that Zach was out of tune. <laughs> you know, when Zach was growing up, I used to get so upset with him because he would not practice piano. I was absolutely convinced that he was going to be a piano player. James was not. <laughs> and I was wrong. However, no matter, no matter what happens this morning, um, uh, it, it, it will not be what I say that goes down in history. So, but that's okay. You did a great job, Zach. You really did. All right. And for those of you who don't know, Zach is my son, so I can do this. It is, it is, it is perfectly legal. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, Christmas Eve, I'm out with my family shopping, as is our tradition. We are last-minute shoppers. Uh, we've been doing this for about 20-some-odd years, and then I had everything kind of laid out in my the back of my mind, how things were going to go. Christmas morning, we were you know going to get up. We were going to come to church. We were going to hear uh, Brother LD deliver a message, and then church was, was canceled. We had no control over the weather. Well, yesterday, I was going to have a nice relaxing day at home. It's New Year's Eve. Planning to get up the next morning, have a stress-free morning, come in and teach Sunday school, and then sit and hear a wonderful New Year's message by Brother LD. So what is it they say? If you want to make God laugh, just make a plan. So instead, here I am. Now, it dawned on me yesterday when I, I got the call from Dale, and he had asked me to, 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 to speak this morning, and I went and told my, my, my family that, oh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak tomorrow morning. And they said, you mean LD's not going to be there? I said, well, 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 no. I could have taken away every Christmas present I have ever given them, and the depth of emotion would not have equaled what I saw on their faces. Okay, Sarah, I might be exaggerating a little bit. But it, it dawned on me that if they felt that way, I'm defeated before I ever get here because how do you guys feel? So let's... <laughs> Oh, I hope I hope I do hope though that this morning, what we have to talk about will uh, will be enlightening, um, because putting this message together was enlightening for me. It being the first of the year, a lot of folks I know are 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 in tune to maybe hear a New Year's message and in tune to hear something that would uh, give you some grounds for for getting a fresh start. Um, I'm not one for New Year's resolutions. Uh, I don't I don't care much for them. Uh, I don't put a whole lot of stock in New Year's Day being this clean slate, this fresh start, this opportunity for us to wipe things away and work on things that perhaps are uh, needed to be worked on. Uh, Josh, put that that little Garfield thing up, would you? Th this, to me, just completely explains why I don't think New Year's resolutions really are that big of a deal. 
And if you haven't read it, it says, so I, I promise a list of New Year's resolutions here is the first. Stop procrastinating so much. I'll post the rest tomorrow or maybe the day after. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't last. It doesn't stick, right? And so one of the things that I wanted to talk about this morning is an issue that I find that I have when it comes to sticking to things. And that is discipline. My thought was I would try to put together a message this morning on discipline and what the Bible says about being disciplined. And, and, and let's go to Scripture to try to learn how to be more disciplined. And maybe we can use that to better ourselves as this new year begins. And instead, what I found out as I was putting it together was maybe the problem is not so much that I have an issue with being disciplined as maybe my priorities are out of the line. The scriptures kind of opened up yesterday or last night as, as I was trying to, to, to put together a message for this morning. And so the title this morning is Priorities. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> is there any tuning knobs on here we can adjust? Um, it's priorities, getting things aligned in the new year. And what I came to the 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 the, uh, the the wonderful realization as I was putting together this message this morning was that there's something that it seems like it's so obvious. We talk about it all the time, but how often do we really come to the understanding of where God needs to be in our lives? And if you look with me this morning at Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 33, it says, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them all. Verse 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I want to focus this morning while, while we get context from the other verses, and we get context from where Jesus is talking about the anxiety that we all tend to feel when we're worried about day-to-day -day things that we need. I want to focus on verse 33. Because it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And I know you're all sitting there looking at that on the screen saying, where did all those typos come from? And I have to tell you, I don't have a clue. Because <laughs> this was copied and pasted, and somehow the characters got a little wonky. So try to overlook that. Zach, nobody's going to remember that you were out of tune. <laughs> seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you look Jesus is teaching that our relationship with God is more important than any earthly relationship that we have he's telling us that if we get our relationship right with God 
and we wind up having our relationship and our perspective when it comes to God in the right place at the right time, moving in the right direction, that other things in our life will fall into place. And what I find that I'm guilty of is trying to fix this problem or that problem and venturing away from where the core focus needs to be. And so when I started reading through this last night, it, it was it was enlightening because if you think about this from the standpoint of ripples in the water, and this was the picture that kind of came into my head. If the core of everything that we do is stable, if we have worked hard to develop a strong relationship with God and it's in the right place in our lives, it gives us stability so that all the other relationships that we have can successfully hold on to that and be strengthened from that. If our core lacks that stability and it's wobbly, then it sends ripples out to all the other things in our lives and leads to problems that we might not have otherwise. So when I think about this and I look at this picture, I come to the realization that growing our relationship with God is not only the number one most important thing in our lives, but it's a lifelong pursuit that never fully gets maxed out. It's a lifelong pursuit that we won't see the end of until we're standing face to face with God. Amen? It's something that we need to work on every day. It's something that needs to be first and foremost in our minds and in our hearts is our relationship with God. And so Jesus is telling us in these passages that you, when you get that perspective right, when you get that lined up, all of these other things in your life that you've been trying to fix and trying to work on have a way of falling into place. <clears throat> the, the things that you truly need will be provided to you. <clears throat> and we can lose that focus, can we not? We can lose that focus that God is who should be right, is what and who should be right in front of us, and instead we start to veer off and let our attention go down other roads and other paths. And we spend time working on things that don't necessarily benefit us as much as if we were working on our relationship with God. Now, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that everything is, as I like to say, going to be sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. And those of you who are old enough, that song will be stuck in your head the rest of the day. Things aren't going to be perfect when we are focusing on our relationship with God, we live in a fallen world. We're going to continue to experience strife. We're going to continue to experience challenges. But still, going back to Scripture and realizing that strong relationship with God provides stability for everything else in life. We can't ignore that. So let's look at a couple key points here for what we just talked about, because we're going to build on these. Put God first. Jesus said so. What more reason do you need? God first provides stability. 
And when God is first, all other things fall into place. So let's move on and take a look at what does it look like when we are focusing on God? How do we know that we have things lined up where they need to be? What does our life look like, and how do we know that we're going in the right direction? So look with me here at Matthew 33, 37. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. It's the greatest commandment. When we are truly putting God first in our lives, we are endeavoring to keep the greatest commandment. It's something that we'll always put forth in front of us when we're making our decisions. It's something that we'll always put forth in front of us when we're trying to determine uh, what should we do today? How should we spend our time? And how do we handle our finances? There's so many things that, that, that come into play that we might not always think of that we need to consider that fall into this bucket of things to, to, to keep us focused on God. So I want us to, to realize that we'll be endeavoring to keep the greatest commandment when we are endeavoring to keep God first in our lives. Let's look at another thing, another indicator for what it would look like. 1 John 5.21 reminds us, Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Now, I can sit here and probably talk about idols all morning long. Idols are things that creep into our lives and they get elevated to a level where they take the place of God in our life. And idols can come from places where you least expect them. So we, we really have to be on guard. Literally anything in our lives can become an idol. Even noble pursuits, things that we know what we're supposed to do and we have to do, like providing for our family, can get us trapped up and wrapped up in the pursuit of an idol. Sometimes our job becomes an idol when that's what it was never meant to be. We elevate it to the level where it is coming before God in our lives. And so we're going to endeavor to pursue the greatest commandment and love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And we're going to be be mindful of the idols that could be present in our lives and try to push them out and get rid of them. Because before you know it, you wind up spending all your time focusing on the wrong thing. Look at 1 Peter 2.21. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. If we are endeavoring to put God first in our lives, if we are endeavoring to do what the Scriptures tell us to do and get things in order, we're also going to be endeavoring to follow Jesus. We're going to be looking at what Jesus did, we're going to be looking at the examples that are provided for us, and we're going to be endeavoring to follow Him. This is what a life that puts God first looks like. Now, I want you to remember how this message came about. I'm not trying to sit here and preach to everyone here. 
that these are problems you have. These are problems I have. These are areas where I came to the realization, and, and, and I do that oftentimes when I'm putting together a message for any reason or, or even a study. What will lead me down a road is looking at things that I have issues with and I struggle with. Because regardless of what my family tells me, I don't think I'm that special. Chances are, if I'm having a problem with something, other people are too. Thank you for that. So it's beneficial to me to put these messages together, and I hope it's beneficial to you to have me sit here and, and, and share them with you. So, so let's look at these things again. We're going to be loving God with all of our heart, putting him first in everything. We're going to be in, endeavoring to follow Jesus. We're going to be uh, keeping idols out of our lives. And I found this, um, you can go to the next slide there, Josh. I found this online. This is, this is, this is a little bit long, but, but I want to read this to you because it, it, it really does put together a picture of, of what it will look like if we are truly putting God first. It says, those who put God first will stand out from the rest of the world. Let's stop there for just a second. Isn't that cool? If we're doing what Scripture tells us to do, we're going to stand out. It's not the norm of the world to put God first. So we're going to have attention drawn up to us. We're going to have people looking at us. There'll be those who will say what's wrong with him or her. And then there'll be those who say, you know what? I want what they have. It gives us a chance to witness. It gives us a chance to do all the other things that we need to do as Christians. Putting God first in our lives will cause us to stand out from the rest of the world continue reading it says they will obey god's commands they will take up their cross and follow jesus and they will not forsake their first love they give god the first fruits not the leftovers the christian life is characterized by moment to moment selfless service to god that flows from love for him and his people. In all things, the believer trusts, obeys, and loves God above all else. Putting God first becomes easier when we take to heart the words of Romans 11.36. Everything comes from the Lord. All things were made because of him and will return to him. Praise the Lord forever. Amen. When I started off talking about what this looks like, and we talked about putting God first and loving God with all your heart, listen, those are tough words. Because it's, it's the mindset of most folks to say, well, but I have, I have a husband, or I have a wife, or I have children. Shouldn't they come first in my life? And the answer is, they will come in the place they need to come if you put God first. 
It's that picture of everything falling into place. And it becomes easier to do when you look at what's said here. It's easier to do when we look at Romans 11.36 and we come to the realization that everything belongs to him. My money, my house, my car, my kids, everything belongs to him. So why would I not put him first in my life? And I need to hear this every single day. This isn't something that comes naturally. It doesn't come easily because of our sinful nature, because of the fallen world that we live in. A couple other verses uh, to bring this point around. Uh, Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Colossians 3, 2, Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Listen, when your mind is set on things that are above as opposed to things that are on earth, and when you filter all of your decisions through the lens of eternity versus the lens of right now, everything looks different. The perspective changes. And that's our challenge, is it not? To be able to do these things, we have to change our perspective. And the Scripture gives us the words that we need to hear and the direction we need to have in order to do that. So since LD couldn't be here this morning, I'm going to give you a John Stott quote. John Stott said, Fundamental to all Christian leadership and ministry is a humble, personal relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. Devotion to Him expressed in daily prayer and love for him expressed in daily obedience. Wow. There's a, I know that when you read this, you can see that it sounds like he's talking to Christian leaders and Christian ministers. But don't forget the word ministry can have a very, very simple definition. Just serving others. And is that not at the core of being a Christian? Is that not the basic thing that we are all called to do is to serve one another in Christ? That's ministry. We all are involved in ministry if we're a child of God. And so when I look at this, I come to the realization that John Stott has realized that in order for us to be successful in that, we need to have a humble, personal relationship, and we have to have a devotion to him, and we express it daily through prayer. And he has here daily obedience. And, and I want to tweak that just a little bit. I want to say daily Bible intake. And I'll tell you why I want to say that. Because while I 100% agree with daily ob obedience, I don't believe that we can be obedient until we know what we have to be obedient about. And how do you know what obedience looks like if you're not in the Scriptures? How do you know what obedience looks like if you're not feeding yourself regularly with the words of God so that we can understand what obedience looks like? So daily prayer that is, <coughs> is 
is, is planned. Set aside time. Set aside time to literally start your day, end your day, whatever, whatever works. To spend time in prayer and ingest the Bible. Don't just read the Bible. It's so easy to sit down and go, and I, again, I, you, if you've heard me talk much, you've heard me say this a lot. I have nothing against Bible reading plans. I think it's great to be in Scripture, and we all should be in Scripture, and Bible reading plans will get us in there. But the, the, the fault I find in Bible reading plans sometimes is that we read it and say, check, and we move on. Take the time to ingest. Take the time to pray about what you read. Take the time to understand Scripture and know how it affects you. And what does it mean? So daily expression and daily dedication to prayer and obedience are fundamental to our Christian walk. And it helps us to keep God first. It helps us to put him where he needs to be in our lives. Okay, so let's look at these key points from this last bit here. Every day we make decisions. Decide that God will be first. Just make that decision. God will be first. God first means keeping the greatest commandment, Love God. Be aware of idols and remove them. Follow the examples that Jesus set and devote regular daily time to prayer and Bible reading. Look, if we could all master this, think of all the things in our lives that are challenging, that could fall into place. It's, it's a promise of Scripture. It's a promise of Scripture that if we seek first the kingdom of God, all of these other things will be provided to us. But it's a challenge for us to make the decision to do this, and a challenge for us to find the, and here's the word that I thought I'd be using a lot today and haven't used at all, discipline. It's a challenge for us to find the discipline to do that. But Scripture helps us do that. Prayer helps us do that. And we can get there. But as we come to a conclusion this morning and we wrap, start to wrap this up, you know I'm going to come around to, uh, to the statement that, that we always come around to. And that is, if you don't have a relationship with Christ that already exists on some level, none of this means anything. So the first thing, the truly first thing, is to develop that relationship with him. The truly first thing is to give your life over to Christ and accept him as Lord and Savior and to start that journey, to start that, that process of putting God first in your life and working on all those things that we will work on for every day that we're here on earth. Will you do that today? Will you take that opportunity to make that decision? 
It's the first day of the new year. Yeah. And no, I don't find it to all that special. It's another day on the calendar. You know, my son Joshua, years ago, he was standing, he was standing in his crib. And he was looking at the calendar that we had hanging on the wall that we would change every month and we would mark off certain days. And he it suddenly came to him that December was the last page in that calendar. And he looked at me and he said, Dad, what's next? He, 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 was, he, could, he could put words together and make sentences and things. It wasn't very big, but, but he could communicate quite well what he was thinking. And he actually said, what's next? And I said, what do you mean, what's next? He said, well, when, when, that's, when that's gone, what's next? And I looked at the calendar. I said, oh, you mean December 31st, the last day. See, in his mind, he couldn't see that we're just going to hang up another calendar and keep it going. A level of urgency kind of came over him. He got scared. I'm running out of days here. Now, thankfully, that's not the case. But maybe we should feel that urgency at the end of a year, in the beginning of a new year. Maybe we should feel an urgency that we might be running out of days here. And use that to spur us on to make the right decisions we need to make. So, as the musicians come forward, <clears throat> we'll have a word of prayer, and we'll have our hymn of invitation. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for this day. Father, thank you that we live in a country where we have the freedom to worship you. Father, thank you that we could come here this morning and as we heard the words this, uh, the, earlier today that the doors are open. And that's not true for everybody. Lord, as we embark upon this new year, Help each and every one of us to understand what it means to put you first. Father, open up in our hearts a desire to be in your word, to be in your will, and to better understand how making you truly the Lord of our lives will provide stability for all of these things that we just spend so much time worrying about and fretting about. Lord, help us to be devoted to you. Help us to have the discipline that we need each and every day to spend time in prayer, to spend time understanding what you would have us do so that we can be obedient to you. Jesus, I pray this morning that if there's someone here that needs to make a decision to follow you, Lord, I just pray that that, that that door will be opened for them and that they will not wait to answer that call, that they will feel that sense of urgency this morning. Lord, I hope and pray that for those of us here who have a sound relationship with you, 
we will realize that no matter how good that relationship is, it has room for improvement. And Lord, I pray this morning that those relationships will be strengthened through the words that have been spoken and through your word that has been shared. Lord, just bless us here this morning and bless the musicians as they play our hymn of invitation. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's all please stand together as we sing, O come all ye faithful.